Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast, episode 83. Tonight, I am joined by two lovely guests. Uh, well, long-time regular and then lovely guest, I guess. Um, <laughs> Rob, Douglas, you are here. How's it going, Rob? I am here, and I can attest to the fact that I am not a guest on this show. That's true. I am very sorry. <laughs> I hope you're not deeply offended. I might be a little bit, but that's okay. I think I can get over it in about... 10 more episodes (laughs) okay sounds good let me know when you're over it i will i will and for the first time um our one lovely guest uh brad powell is joining us on the show today brad how are you i'm good and i can attest that i am a guest okay good and you are lovely as well right oh thank you okay (laughs) brad what's kind of like your your gaming background and history um, can you tell us just a little bit about like what platforms you you played on growing um, growing up a little bit, and then what you enjoy now? Yeah, so I like to think of myself as uh, born into the PC master race. Ah. The store took me to a Nintendo family, so <laughs> I grew up on uh, Nintendo consoles. Um, although you know I, I have every single one um, after the N sixty four, but once I got to college, that's when I really just started playing pc games most of the time yeah it's a lot easier when you're at college to play on something you're already using for schoolwork or whatnot versus like hauling around consoles and stuff yeah Yeah. don't even have to like get up out of my chair once i finish homework (laughs) just just boot something up that's the truth right there laziness makes pc master race (laughs) that's true but if I played PC games a lot, I feel like I would just never get any work or homework done. Like, the t- temptation for me to just play all the time would probably be too great. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> I... <laughs> that happens to me sometimes. Sometimes I'll be doing work and then, like, how did I start playing this game? Yeah. How long have I been doing this? <laughs> cool. So are you still, you're still a PC gamer, right, Brad? Yes. You play primarily uh, on Steam? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I also have a Switch, of course. Nice. Uh, so course, I, I do play that quite a bit as well. What's your uh, your favorite Switch game so far? Uh, it would have to be Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Wow. Uh, although, uh, yeah, I, I really like that one. Although Zelda's a close runner-up. Okay. Have you played there Mario you yet? I have. I uh, no, didn't quite 100% it, but I got yeah. all but like six moons. Oh my gosh, um, you're much farther than, than me. A couple weeks ago. Okay, nice. So, Jeff will be a little jealous. I think he's still yeah, working on the last, than Jeff, like, what, 100? So. That's very impressive. How many impressive. does Jeff have left? I think he has, like, 30 or something like that left. Last night. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not counting any of the ones that you have to buy, really. Yeah, just yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. I don't the, think the he real is moons. either. Yeah, no. Yeah. The real moons that you actually have to get and not just... None of that loot box stuff going on. <laughs> something like that. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Well, and, hey, so, Brad, what are some of your favorite games, just overall? My favorite games? Yeah, like yeah. favorite games of all time. If you have a all couple. time, uh, all time, uh, we'd have to go with uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance uh, for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, I hear I put, that's a very good game. I've never played it though. It is I fun. probably put at least three or four hundred hours into it. Wow! I know. Right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's impressive. Uh, and then also the. Uh, Paper Mario games, the first two ones that were good. Uh, 
<laughs> so you're a Paper Mario purist, you're saying? Yes. Like None that. of that sticker star garbage. Or... So Thousand Year Door is the best one then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. And then I've always been a huge fan of the Zelda games as well. Nice. Oh, I can Which... definitely respect that. Yeah, that's, that's Nathan's top choice right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, today... On the show, we're going to go through a couple of different news segments we have. And then our main topic is we're going to be talking about um, kind of what it means to be a PC gamer, since we have Brad and Rob on the show, um, who both play a lot on PC. And we're also going to talk about a little bit about why we like RPGs as well. Um, but let's kick it off. Actually, this morning, we're recording this on Tuesday, but this morning, EA announced that uh, Burnout Paradise is getting a remaster. This has been rumored for a long time. Um, but it's coming out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on March 16th, and it's going to be $40. Um, that's that's not a bad price for uh, a remaster. $40 seems like a reasonable... Like, it's not $60, so... Yeah, and it includes all the DLC that came out um, eventually for the original game and stuff like that. And I watched the trailer, and the remaster, it looks really, really good on both both PS4 and Xbox One, I assume. Um, so Nice. This it, tempts me a little bit. There hasn't been a Burnout game in a long time. When um, was the last one? It was Burnout uh, Underground? No. I don't know. Was Paradise? Paradise was the last one I remember playing, and I never even owned it. I just played it at a friend's house. Yeah. I I remember borrowing this one, but I don't remember ever actually owning this one. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I Burnout is always such a great series, but... You know, having a remaster to this one will be fun because it's a good game. It's a lot of fun to drive around in this one, and hopefully, it lives up to yeah. the expectations. I mean, it's a good open world game, driving game. Uh, I think EA like the Need for Speed game they put out last fall wasn't received very well, and I don't think it sold yeah. very well because it just, like went on sale almost immediately. So I wonder if this has anything to do with that. Uh, well, and remasters are kind of all the rage right now, especially with, yeah. like, uh, was the one that Jeff's been playing, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, that just came out a couple of weeks yeah. ago on PS4. So, Brad, have you played any of the Burnout games? Uh, I can't say that I have. Okay. Uh, I... uh, the the original one came out on the GameCube as well. Yeah, as the yeah that was when the series Xbox. started. Um, but they kind of moved away from Nintendo after that. Oh, did they? Yeah. I remember yeah. playing Burnout 2, which was the takedown one. Um, it was at my friend's house on an Xbox. But that game, like, I think it introduced Crash Mode. or That was the first time I was intro- introduced to it, um, which is kind of the heart of the series. is just, you know, trying to get really, really cool-looking crashes and racking up scores um, to go along with that. So Yeah. I am excited. Yeah, I just remember the damage system and just crashing a lot. Yeah. Which is super fun. <laughs> yeah. Really cool. Sweet. So, Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I don't know if I'll pick this one up. I I love the series, but I don't know if it's something I'm like, oh, yeah, Burnout yeah. Paradise Remaster. Yeah. Got to get that one. I'm a little tempted because I don't have, like, any racing game I really have played on my PS4 at all. Um, and it's only $40. And I also have a gift card um, that I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to do with, so... This could go towards that, but we'll see. I just looked up. You're right. The last one is Burnout Paradise. Came out in 2008. Okay. Yeah. So it's wrong. Ten year, no ten year anniversary, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good They're time. To just release. remastering the latest one. 
Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> there was a spinoff that came out in 2011, but I think it that wasn't was... very well received. Okay. Yeah, but... I mean, it kind of makes sense because it was an open world driving game. And so with open worlds being so big with like Horizon 3 and stuff like that on Xbox, it makes sense yeah. for them to do something so excuse me similar cool all right well our next piece is uh doom on switch actually got an update today and i haven't played doom on switch but i've heard it's really good and i've i really enjoyed it on playstation 4 um but they added in motion controls to it which i just thought was really cool because i love the motion controls like in splatoon 2 and stuff like that um rob do you think this what exactly motion controls are you going to do in Doom? Like, now you can use your controller as a literal axe on someone's no, face. No, so it adds in, like, <laughs> gyro controls, so you can basically move your switch around or move your control around, and as you move it, the reticle will move with this. Um, really similar oh, to how, okay. like, they work in the original Splatoon or in Splatoon 2 on, on the Switch. Okay. Yeah, so... I don't know use the stick for, like, broad aiming and the motion for fine-tuning. Yes, exactly, Brad, exactly. Okay, okay, so that actually might... Yeah. I'm awful with motion controls. <laughs> it's it's a little bit so, of, of a hat. You have to get used to it, I think. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. We played Splatoon 2. I played Splatoon 2 with you guys not too long ago, and I, like, spent half the time <laughs> trying, to, like, trying to get the motion controls to not make me look at the floor or the ceiling. I felt like... <laughs> Like, 64, back in the day, where you're, you know, our first-person shooter, every first-person shooter, when you first start playing, or playing with that friend who doesn't know how to play, they all just look at the floor, spin around in circles, look at the ce- ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> so, motion controls are not my friend. Okay. Well, but you know, if you had a Switch, I'm sure it would be a lot easier for you to pick it up. Brad, yeah, have you yeah, played yeah. Splatoon at all? I think, I don't remember if you have it or not. <laughs> Uh, I I had the one for the Wii U. You have the um, one for the Wii U. But I didn't so were you? Did you use the motion controls on the Wii U one, or did you go standard? Uh, yeah, I, I used the motion controls. I I started off with standard until Jeff told me that motion control is the only way to go. So I give it a second chance. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it does take a bit of getting used to. Yeah. Um, but but once you get used to it, it's much better than just trying to use the standard controls. Yeah. No, I, I think that's completely true because it's so much easier to just, like, get kind of, like you said, in your general direction than fine-tuned aiming. Um, I really liked it, like, on the 3DS as well with the uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask remasters. They had those, uh, like, gyro controls for the bow and stuff like that. And it made, oh, yeah. like, the arrow um, gallery sections a lot easier. So, I mean, then in that sense, it should probably be a really good update to have that in the Doom switch and like added that in so that you can actually have some like very fine-tuning aiming and that sort of thing and maybe give you some a better accuracy as long as you get used to it for sure and if i was thinking about getting doom like it would make me want to get the switch version more because it has this if i want it so all right robin we'll let you take the next one all right, so the next piece of news we have for you guys is uh, System Shock came out in 1994. That was a, a that was quite a while ago. Uh, it was a first person type shooter, kind of in the Doom, Wolfenstein style, I believe, for the first one. And it was launched on Kickstarter not too long ago by uh, Night Dive Studios. They they launched a remake, uh, and. 21,625 backers raised $1.35 million in this Kickstarter campaign. So 
it's obviously in high demand. When did they originally come out? I missed what you said. 1994. Oh, so, so it's that old? I thought it was like it's been, early it's 2000s. Been, yeah, it's been 24 years since the first one came out. Okay, so it's due for uh, a remake. It, it's very due for a remake. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, the Night Dive Studios just came out and put the whole thing on hiatus. What was the Basically, reason? Basically, he's the CEO, uh, Stephen King, or Kick, Stephen Kick, not Stephen King. That's a different uh, genre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stephen Kick said, we are putting the whole team on hiatus while we reassess our path so that we can return to our vision. We are taking a break, but not ending the project. System Shock is going to be completed and all of our promises fulfilled. So, I don't know. You guys, we were talking before the show. You, Nathan, you've never played System Shock. I have not. Uh, Brad, you said you played a little bit of it, maybe? Yeah, like maybe like 15 minutes or so. <laughs> I might be thinking of some other like real old game. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I remember I played a little bit of the first one and a little bit of the second one. I think I played more of the second one than I did the first one. But it's like... it, it was... It's kind of considered a cult classic, am I right? It is. It is. It is considered a cult classic. It's one of the. I mean, this is obviously with over twenty thousand people backing this and over a million dollars put into this. People really want to see this remake. Yeah. Yeah. This reboot, but it is now on hiatus. That's and uh, that's not promising. I mean, I think obviously if you're talking about a twenty-four-year-old game. It sounds like you probably kind of have to remake it from the ground up, especially if you want to make it for a new modern audience and maybe attract some people who never played it before. But so I can understand why maybe maybe they ran into an issue where like they some people felt they were straying too far away from the original game and some people thought they weren't doing enough or something like that. I don't know. I'm I'm really I'm sure there'll be a book maybe written about this one day and it'll be interesting to see <laughs> what the actual story is. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because the way it was set up, the the original was very like that Wolfenstein Doom, old school original Doom and Wolfenstein, like you're running through the hallways, you know, first person type shooter. And then the new one that they're remaking here, the reboot, is like full 3D, full beauty art, like what the new Doom looks like. Okay. But it's still like, first that, person, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's upgraded. It's like they, I mean, they obviously have to remake it from the ground up. There's no other way they could make this game without rebuilding the whole thing. But whatever internally is going on right now, whether that's power struggle or EA's buying them out and shutting them down, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cool. Um, Sweet. Well,. People who are looking forward to System Shock, it looks like you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Hopefully you didn't put too much money into it, because it doesn't look super promising right now. All right, hopefully Rob, it still comes out. This last story just makes me laugh, so why don't you tell so, us about it? <laughs> I just saw this, and I just thought this, is at least, this definitely has to be at least mentioned. Uh, this company... The video game group is called Jim Rose Accent, or the developers are called Jim Rose Accent. And not really anyone knows who they are. Okay. They don't 
they're not really like a popular game developer. They're not really even, I don't even know if they've even made another game under this title. Actually, a lot of people are theorizing that it's a different game developer who's just using a, an odd title. Okay. But uh, the game is called Monte Crypto, the Bitcoin Enigma, which... <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to capitalize on the popularity of bitcoin and what they are offering is the first person to complete the game it's only on steam it launches today or launched today the first person to complete the game gets one bitcoin which if you're unfamiliar bitcoin approximately works out to about ten thousand dollars in usa or usd so and how much does the game cost? The game is only $2. Actually, when I looked on it earlier, it's 40% off, so it's only $1.19. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you're literally paying a dollar to do this game. So, but here's the, did here's you look the up the game? Like, what, what kind did. of game is it? <laughs> it's a puzzle game. It's okay. a mind-bending puzzle game. So there's 24 puzzles that you have to solve in order to beat the game and win. But here's the problem. The game has a system set into play that after about an hour of gameplay, it resets. It sends you all the way back to the beginning of the game. These people are trolls. It's not just a fluke. It actually incorporates, like, you have to figure out the puzzles, memorize where, what, how each puzzle is solved, work through it. You can leave notes for other players. You could, you know, leave notes that are helpful or leave notes that are not helpful. And the point is... You just have to keep memorizing the puzzle and keep going faster and faster until you eventually can beat it. So it's almost like a, like you're doing almost runs of these puzzles where you're yeah. getting further and further and you're learning more and more. So someone is probably... It's almost like a... Today, right? Yeah, yeah. So Brad, you are say, you Brad? playing this right now? I know <laughs> the, you play uh, on Steam. You've been a little quiet. Are yeah, you trying I, to figure I'm, out I'm this out? I'm looking it up right now because I can... <laughs> I could do with uh, ten thousand dollars, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That's actually. Well, but no, I was thinking it was kind of like almost like a speed run, but with a puzzle game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to not only figure out the puzzles, but do them as fast as possible. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Like, I mean, it's a really kind of cool marketing idea. Like, hey, you know, pay two dollars for this game, and you could potentially get ten thousand dollars. And you know, if you get five thousand people to buy in you yeah get close to but getting your money's back i guess the bitcoin costs that much and you have to pay for development but here is the kicker though okay steam reviews almost <laughs> all of them have been negative well the game well not just because people can't figure it out the game is basically stupid frustrating bad level design horrible puzzles one reviewer even said, you can't pay me $10,000 to play this. I wonder if, like, <laughs> they made this game and they're like, crap, we know this is a bad game. How can we, what can we do to, like, get people to play this game so we can make our money back? And they came up I feel this. like this is a troll. I mean, it's... It's just look at the name. Monte Crypto, the Bitcoin Enigma. It is all money bitcoin references and enigma puzzle riddle i this whole thing i it feels like a troll like this feels like a big game developer probably ea because <laughs> they 
screwing everyone else over with loot boxes saying, hey, let's make a really dumb game that no one can figure out and offer a Bitcoin. Because a Bitcoin is like pocket change to us. <laughs> oh, gosh. If it was something like that, that would be hilarious. I think it's some crazy person in his room who's like, I have a bunch of Bitcoins. What can I do to make more? Or they're bored. Like, yeah, it's probably someone like a good friend of the show, Caleb Stutz, who we knew from college. I could see him doing something like that. <laughs> I can see that also. I can see that also. So, Brad, are you planning on picking this up? I don't think so. It is only a dollar, but I'm, I'm not sure if it's worth the hassle based on all these uh, reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, it's only a dollar. I can do A dollar is easy to do. I won't starve my children by paying a dollar for this game, but then I feel like I could better use my time by, you know, I don't know, beating my head against a wall. <laughs> it would probably be more productive. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll uh, get to see who is the first person to win, finish that game and win that Bitcoin. And, uh... If any of you um, are trying this game onto crypto, the Bitcoin Enigma, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know at HeyListen underscore games. Tell us your experience in this game, whether or not you think you have a chance of getting this Bitcoin or whether or not you feel like you just want to drive your car off of a cliff and hope that that's less monotonous and <laughs> life draining. <laughs> oh, gosh. Please don't drive your car off a cliff. Don't we do it. Do not don't do it. <laughs> All right, well, to uh, we want to talk more about all these wonderful games we can play on Steam, like the Bitcoin Enigma. So, Brad, we brought you on, and we have Rob here. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to kind of play games on PC, to be a PC gamer. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about RPGs, because um, Jeff's not on the show. So, obviously, we've got a chance <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah, I think it's just that. So, Rob, Get I'm going to let you kind of guide our discussion. All right, so uh, Brad, you're a PC gamer. Well, you know, you kind of explained that you know, being a PC gamer, you kind of got into it because you know you were in college and it was easier than getting up and going to your couch. But uh, what about PC gaming is you know keeps you there or attracts you to it? Uh, so uh, part of it's similar to why anybody sticks with a certain console is I have a lot of friends who are PC gamers. Um, mm. So I'm able to, you know, play games with them very easily through Steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's true. Steam has a really good feature of your friendship, and you can play with your friends or watch your friends play and that sort of thing. It's it's pretty simple to set up and do. Yeah. Um, I know this isn't the case anymore, but um, PC also used to be the only place where you could get mods for games. Yeah. True. Um, and it's still so the even like a lot of single player games, like every Elder Scrolls game and um like Stardew Valley, those types of games, I always would get those on the PC because I could then mod them for further content. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I also feel like Go ahead, Rob. Justin I also feel like just in general the content or the amount of games you can find on PC versus any of the other consoles is just astounding. Yeah, like, I mean if you look at it like Every year, there's always a list at the end of year, especially on Steam, which is kind of the platform of choice. And it's like, this many games came out for this year in, let's say, 2017. And that's more than, like, the last three years combined or something something like that. Because it's relatively easy to get on Steam, um, especially compared to, like, console holders and platforms. 
Um, and if it's easier to build PC <clears throat> games as well. So there's just a ton of stuff coming out. And I think the uh, the thing that attracts me is even though I don't have a PC, the reason I would maybe look into getting it is because I feel like there's so many sales and different things. Like, Rob, you're playing through your Steam library of A to Z, and you have, like, 300 games or whatever it is. Um, 400. You have, you've probably spent, like, <laughs> what, 80 bucks total on those 300 games? Oh, I probably spent more than that. I've probably spent a lot more than that, but... <laughs> If I paid full price for every game I had in my Steam library, I probably it would be over a thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But they do have like there's usually a lot of sales and it's easy to get kind of some cool games like indie games and stuff like that that you can't get anywhere else for relatively cheap. Yeah. Brad, how big is your Steam library? Uh, I have a hundred and forty games in my library. Hundred and forty. Okay. Okay, that's not bad. How many of those have you actually played? I, I went through and counted in preparation for this question, and I've played mm. 60 of those 140 games. Wow. <laughs> and how many of the... I, this isn't in our notes, so you'll you'll have to like think about this one. How many of those ones uh, sitting in your uh, library do you, have been sitting in there for more than five years? The ones that you haven't played. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> probably the majority of them, because... <laughs> Five years ago was when I was getting almost every Humble Bundle as yep, they were coming yep. out. Uh, and then I realized, like, I'm not keeping up with all these games. I should probably stop. <laughs> That's my problem. So, I got so many Humble Bundles that I finally stopped and looked around and I'm like, oh, my goodness, Rob. I have, like, 350 games. How realistic is it that I'm going to ever play half of these, let alone yeah. all of them? Well, Brad, let me congratulate you on the fact that you're doing playing many more games than Rob is. So that's to be congratulated and very impressive. Thank Do you, you feel like you. you play kind of like a lot of new games each week or every month or something like that? Or do you tend to focus more on like... Because you talked about modding and how you can make a game last a really long time, like an Elder Scrolls or a Fallout or Stardew with mods. Do you, Which camp do you tend to find yourself more in? Uh, I I tend to... I don't know. It, it's a bit of a it mix. It depends. I've, sure. That's I don't fine. have the money to buy a lot of games regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I yeah. do camp on uh, games that I already have. Okay. Cool. Um, so, like, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about Steam, and, you know, Steam is obviously a lot of gamers' personal choice of what, like, kind of platform they want to run off of. Do you have any other platforms that you regularly use? No, I got well. I got roped into I think Origins because one of the humble bundles um, was had Assassin's Creed for Origins specifically. Oh, so yeah. I kind of got stuck there for that game. Uh, but other than that, I haven't touched the thing. And I think I also is, got that bundle. Is also. that the Ubisoft one? No, that's the uh, EA. Oh, the EA one. Okay. All right. So you, I yeah, I think I got one also that was. I think the Assassin's Creed one wrote me into a you play one. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it was one of those. Yeah, one of those yeah. two. You play or Origins or something like that. Do you do you? So do you actually use that? I know like Twitch has one. You play. Uh, Ubisoft has one. EA has one. I think uh, GOG Good Old Games has one as well. Do you actually use any of those platforms ever? No, I'm I'm a Steam guy myself. Steam guy. All right. So Brad, I'm gonna throw kind of a crazy or unexpected one at you do you play like 
I know, Rob, you play mainly, like, on your laptop. Like, you don't have a dedicated gaming PC that you built yourself or anything like that. Brad, do yeah, you I have a yet. PC that you have built or and kind of update or would like to update, maybe? Uh, I, I did get a PC built okay. um, and made sure that it could uh, play the game. I got it built two years ago now. Okay. okay yeah. So then I got it up pretty up-to-date then. Uh, so it still still plays things. So they fine. yeah usually if you they usually last for like longer like I always think like oh my gosh like if I build a PC I have to update it like every six months but I feel like if you build a pretty like modern one when you build it then it'll last you for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah they give you the option to build update it every six months. Yeah, uh, but you don't <laughs> have to. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of games that come out on computer, while they don't, while there are every once in a while, there are like the next Witcher three or yeah. the next, you know, like uh, Crackdown three or whatever, you know, games that basically, you know, push the limit of your computer and and the graphics card and all that. I feel like a lot of games fit into whatever you know, kind of fit into the last generation or like graphically, you don't have to update a lot in order to keep playing. Yeah, I mean, that's the nice thing with PC, too, is there's different settings you can have. So you can run more low-end settings on your PC and play games. Maybe Mm -hmm. not quite as beautifully. So do you spend a lot more time playing, like, AAA titles or indie games? Uh, There's a couple of the the big AAA titles, like Skyrim. Yeah, uh, obviously. (laughs) or, Or Civilization, you know, games like that that I spend a lot of time. But I've actually played quite a few indie games as well. What uh, which one? What's some like? What's one of your favorite indie games you've played on PC a lot? Do you have one off the top uh, of your head? Don't starve. Don't starve. Yes, okay. is one that I've I have my Steam library up right now. It's, I put 130 hours into Don't Starve. Wow, good. That's good. Um, so, yeah. so I mean, using Steam, obviously, all your games are digital. Uh, do you prefer having a digital library over hard copies? Uh, yes, and that also came about from moving every couple years. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot easier to move one computer than a bookshelf of games. I That's true. can very much understand that because I have like I have a box of just PS3 games sitting in my closet right now, and my PlayStation 3 is like like the power port died on it, so it's not even working right now, and I'm like. I really don't want to hold on to this box and all these games, but I'm like, maybe I should hold on to it at some point. So I can definitely understand yeah. that. Yeah. I have, star- I have hard copies, mostly Xbox 360 and PS4 games right now, but yeah. I do have some PC actual disc games floating around yeah. here. But it's almost impossible to like get PC discs now. Like, cause pretty much everything just comes out digitally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I mean, some maybe some Nancy Drew games, I bet. If I go to Walmart, I can find a Nancy Drew disc somewhere and play it on a PC. And Pro yeah, Walmart yeah. still has a World of Warcraft discs, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I, mean, probably I wonder true. if you would actually be able to play that on most of modern-day computers. Like... Nancy Drew? Yeah. Probably not. It's probably like set for like Windows XP or Windows 98 settings or something like that. It wouldn't actually transfer. <laughs> the... Um... Do you find yourself playing any of those older type games? I know Steam has some version of older games, but not a lot. Do you ever play any older games like Nostalgia Factor? Uh, I mean, I almost got the uh, Freddy Fish games when they 
when they went on sale, uh, just for the nostalgia. But <laughs> I did. You know, it's really hard for me to to go back to older games. Yeah, I think I, a lot of times our I, memories are better than they actually yeah. are. Sorry, Brad, I cut you well, off. I think I bought all the Freddy Fish and Pajama Sam and Spy Fox and Putt Putt games because nostalgia and. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't. You gotta admit, I'm not gonna grow up. I'm gonna go back to my childhood. <laughs> Actually, my justification was I was buying it for my future, for my kids when they were that age. But really, I bought them for myself. <laughs> but I, I, I understand. Yeah, the, we, the nostalgia factor is strong. Often we look back at games and we're like, "Wow, that was such a great game." You go back and play it and you go, "How the heck did I ever finish this game? This is right. awful." <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so y- you mentioned you have your own personal computer. What do you know? Like some of the drivers and setup you have right now, just kind of geek out a little bit on that. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have that memorized, but I might be able to. Brad, been... you're a terrible PC gamer. You're supposed to be like elite and like say I have so and so in my computer and you know talk about how much better you are than everyone else <laughs> i have a humble origin story <laughs> okay <laughs> oh my gosh why why do we call them the pc master race are they really that masterful yes okay there we go i have a geforce gtx 960 which i think yeah, is yeah. good but Recently got a second monitor, which makes me feel cool, even though that's kind of old news. <laughs> hey, that I way you can play monitor. and work at the same time, right? It's true. Yes, it's true. that's what I use the second monitor for, and not to play and watch Netflix at the same time. <laughs> oh, see, that's much. I was going to say that the second working. monitor is the Netflix monitor. <laughs> that way, I don't have to prop up my iPad to watch Netflix. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you're much better. I can't do two things at lunch. Like a lot of people, like will like watch a show and try and play a game like at the same time. I like every time I've tried that, I end up just focusing on either one or the other and like completely missing out on like either the episode or just screwing up whatever game I'm playing. I think it depends on the game. Cause there are some games like Stardew Valley. You could probably play very effectively and do very well at the game while watching a really intense show. But there's other like games like, I'm struggling. I was watching uh, a TV show earlier and playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and I kept having to pause the game because I was pay- I was so engrossed in my TV show because it was just that entertaining. So I was like, "Ugh, I'm not getting anywhere on this game," but I'm <laughs> really enjoying this TV show. <laughs> nice. That's so, nice. Brad, why why are the PC gamers called the Master Race? Um, uh, I I think it's because a couple of things that we've talked about already. Um, just like with the um uh, up to date gaming monster computers, uh, they can have like the best graphics and everything that gives them a real good bragging point. <laughs> uh, and also like with the the wide variety of games, like any game that you can get on any other system, well except for Nintendo. Because they don't like to share. That's true. Uh, yeah. you, know, you can get on a PC. So is the uh, is the PC and Switch the best combo you can have, Brad? As far as video uh, games go, I would say so. Okay. All right. Uh, Why? Un- un- unfortunately, 
with that combination, you don't get um, Horizon Zero. That's uh, true. You miss out on the the PlayStation exclusives, but you do get a lot of other stuff for cheaper, or you know they can look prettier and stuff like that. So, gotta make some sacrifices get, somewhere. You do get all the Xbox exclusives, which is yep. a bonus. But yeah, miss out on some of those exclusive PS4 and Sony games. Sony developed, yeah. Yeah. So, why don't we switch over a little bit here? Let's talk about RPGs, because Jeff's not here. (laughs) And despite, I know Jeff pretends like he hates RPGs, he does play a lot more RPGs than he thinks he does. (laughs) That's very true. I was real surprised when he said he was playing uh, Mario and Rabbids. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, that's like a tactical RPG, right, Brad? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have Mario and Rabbids? I do. I I got it for Christmas. Uh, I haven't started it yet because I was playing through Mario first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you... But uh, it's going to come up soon. Yeah. I feel like that game should be a game you would enjoy knowing that you put 300 hours into Final Fantasy Tactics, and they seem kind of similar. Yeah, I, I do really like the like the grid based tactical RPGs. Did you did you play a lot of the XCOM games? I didn't play the the older ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't know they existed. Um, and they're also we, really hard to go back to. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. I hear that those ones are even more brutal than the than the more modern ones. Yes. Uh, but yeah, and then I've played uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown. And yeah, I've got about halfway through XCOM 2. Cool. Do you like it? Nice. Yeah, uh, it's it has some design decisions that I don't entirely appreciate, like how they they designed the game to kind of like push you to move quickly oh. um, by giving you mission timers. But oh. if you move quickly, then you die really fast. Yeah, that can be uh. really frustrating. I know. I read an article not too long ago that the XCOM developer and director actually played through Mario Rabbids and was really super like, wow, this is such great ideas. And so he's supposedly talking about incorporating some of the ideas from Mario Rabbids into the next XCOM game. Yeah. Like I mean, just some some of the some of the tactics and shooter, like how the shooting is done and some of that stuff. He just like, you know, I've mastered this, you know, I thought I had mastered the tactics genre, but then I see this game, I'm like, wow, there's so much more I can learn. Yeah. Which is cool. So I, ha- I haven't played a lot of tactics games, but playing Ra- Mario and Rabbids and some of the Fire Emblem games and other stuff I've played, I've noticed, like, some of the character combinations you can do, especially with movement, um, is really unique in that game. Yeah, because you can, um, like, bounce off of each other and like slide tackle your enemies and things like yeah. that right yeah, yeah yeah exactly which is super fun yeah all right so, so uh, what, is, what is your history with rpgs you know or kind of like some of your favorites and a lot of the rpgs that you tend to draw towards yeah i was trying to and think of like the the first rpg i played uh, which was probably uh pokemon blue way yes. back in the day yeah the best rpg of all time in my yes. opinion <laughs> well 
personally, I'm of the opinion that uh, gold and silver was a better generation than red and blue. Yeah, you're probably just because they improved on the formula so much. Mm-hmm. They um, doubled the size of the game and added, you know, a lot more stuff to do. Yeah, that's true. We yeah, have played most of the Pokemon games growing up. Um, already mentioned uh, Paper Mario. Yep. Uh, I played all the the Final Fantasy games until they moved over to the PlayStation, and I lost access to them. Oh yeah. So what would that eliminate you from? That would eliminate you that, from. That would be Final Fantasy. Uh, seven. Seven onward. Seven onward. Seven right? onward. Yeah, okay, yeah. We're on. Those, Which have... actually, almost yeah. all of those are now on computer. Yeah. Uh, I have I've had my eye on them. I've just have been like working through my backlog and haven't had a good time. To, like, oh, this is when I should pick up Final Fantasy VII and play it. Yeah. 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 Which a lot of people consider to be one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Or you could just wait for the remake. I feel that's like... true. I kind of feel like Final Fantasy VII, I don't know, I haven't played it, but I feel like a lot of people really value it because it was kind of the big switch over from Nintendo to Sony and into the 3D model and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like it's probably a little bit overrated, but I can't really say anything because I've never played it. <laughs> I haven't played but probably. Yeah. I played I played part of Seven. Uh, my brothers are pretty into Final Fantasy, and they all said that Seven was one of their favorites. But I think they actually like Twelve for Ten better. Yeah, I know a lot of people like. I think Twelve. I've heard Ten was kind of divisive. I've heard Ten was divisive. Yeah. yeah. So. So Final Fantasy, Pokemon. Any any other big shoutouts you want to have, Brad? Uh, the Divinity Original Sin games. On the on the computer, those are um, both amazing games. The first one is kind of like D and D in a you know on a computer format. Yeah, it's like a I actually isometric games up RPG. Yeah. Is that right? What? Sorry, Nathan. Is it an isometric RPG like the viewpoint and stuff like that? Yeah, it's kind of grid ish. Okay, um, but like without without an actual grid, so it's a bit more free form of where you can stand. Mm-hmm. But you still have like the battlefield that you move around, and yeah, uh, if you try to, you know, shoot an arrow or a firebolt, and there's something in the way, it's not going to make it. Okay, you know, those kind of positioning decisions that you have to make. So I have... actually picked up those games because of you, Brad. Yes. Have you played through either one? <laughs> I or... haven't played through them yet. Uh, I'm working. I will. I think I'm playing through one of them soon in my Steam library. Maybe not. I'm in B. I'll play through one of them before the end of this year. <laughs> aren't they really I mean, long D games, though? Like, aren't they like 60 to 80 plus hour games? As any good RPG should be. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I played the second one for about 100 hours. Oh. Yeah. And you fin- did you finish it? Yeah. Are you going to do like a second playthrough or anything like that? Or maybe someday? Uh, probably someday. Yeah. Um, I wanted to uh, give myself a break and you know play some other games before yeah. going back yeah. to it. That makes sense. Yeah, I I saw the first one. I think is on PS like Play, PlayStation Network. Actually, I saw it on sale. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and I was tempted to pick it up, but I think those are just a little bit too obtuse for me. Like I've never really loved turn based RPG games, so yeah probably yeah. not the best idea for me but that's awesome yeah and brad i also want to say you also got me into uh dragon age 
as a series. Because I remember... It, was that the reason you started playing that? It was, actually, because you had Origins on your computer, and I played, like, an hour of it and was like, this is so cool. So I picked it up for the Xbox 360, and I played through all of it and put a ton of hours into it because of playing it on your computer. <laughs> yeah, Origins was a, a great one. I actually haven't played any of the other ones. Um, I don't you think you're missing much. haven't played Inquisition or two? <clears throat> I hear Inquisition is super great. I haven't played through all of Inquisition. Mm-hmm. My Xbox died before I could play too far into it yeah i know yeah like dragon age 2 wasn't as well received um but basically the reason it wasn't is because the developers only had like 16 months to make that game or something like that and so they didn't have a ton of time so they made it take place all in this one city and they kind of take place throughout different time periods um as you advance which is a cool idea but i think it just didn't really work in well as in cons as in concept yeah yeah so what do you think is the best platform for rpgs i know you mostly played on nintendo and pc but which one of those do you think would be the best place to have rpgs on Uh, for like to like coming out or like with the current library coming out current library where do you want to see them all released which would you prefer uh, I feel like I should say PC because I said I'm a PC gamer. You can um, you can say whatever you want, Rad. Don't be yeah. limited <laughs> by your PC gamer distinction. You're free uh, to I've... be who you want. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> uh, I've I played so many um, RPGs on the handhelds on the different uh, Game Boys growing up. Um, yeah. That honestly, I get they all just came out on the Switch, and I could you know play those in the car, at home, you know wherever. Um, I would like that, and yeah, I don't necessarily need my RPGs to be the most graphically superior as long as they have, you know, strategic gameplay. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I would play a lot more RPGs on a regular basis if I could take them with me. Because like having the ability, you know, if you're sitting down with an RPG, it typically is either on your computer. Or I have PlayStation, so I end up playing on PlayStation. End up spending months just trying to get through one game because i can only play it when i'm at that one spot yeah yeah Yeah. i think it makes a lot of sense too because a lot of rpgs like sometimes there's grinding you need to do or there's things that you know you don't have to be a hundred percent invested in to be playing the game so having it where you can take it anywhere and just put a couple minutes into it makes sense yeah let me ask you a couple questions which which style of rpg do you prefer the most like we talking you said like you said you like the tactics ones do you like the divinity ones where you're like isometric top down like almost D D? do you like the rpgs that are kind of more like uh which are three they're just a big open world where you just run around and level up as you go jrpgs jrpgs <laughs> I do love me some JRPGs. <laughs> I mean, you said Xenoblade 2 was your favorite game on Switch, so I have to assume. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember what episode it was, but when you guys talked about which game you would uh, replace with another, yeah, Nathan said that he'd replace Xenoblade with something else. I don't remember yep. what he replaced with, and I got <laughs> so salty. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Brad. I just I'm glad you did. I have never actually played the Xenoblade games. I've seen some videos, but I've never played it. So I guess. That's probably pretty harsh of me. 
But uh, I think we even said in that episode when you said that we're like, well, we just offended all of our JRPG fans <laughs> yeah. and probably Brad Powell. <laughs> so, Brad, tell me what's great about Xenoblade 2. There's a quick tangent. Yeah. Like, why do you love it? Oh, boy. So there's um, – <laughs> the the story is uh, really involved. Okay. Um, it takes – there's, like, plenty of uh, twists that you don't see coming. Uh, I got invested in the characters. Okay. Um, so there's all that. The the combat system, it it starts out really slow, um, and you know my wife when she would watch me, she just would comment on how boring it was to watch, um, because you just kind of like spend the whole time just gradually building up your power power until you do this ginormous final attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's like a very like strategic gameplay, like um, the commands you're kind of inputting and giving to your party and stuff. Uh, a, a little bit with like, because you mostly control one character and kind of okay. tell your your teammates when to do their special attacks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of those, it's um, you have to position yourself right because you'll your different special attacks will get um, bonuses whether you're attacking from the side or the front. Um, and if you see then me like winding up for a big attack, there's some um, you get to change your weapons, which uh, throughout the course of the battle, and some of them have like good um dodging abilities or blocking abilities hmm. uh, that you can use cool so it's 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 more of the strategy and like how you the combat's not necessarily exciting in the sense that it's like super fast paced but more because it's strategic and there's a lot more tactics you have to think through of like where i'm putting units where what weapons or what how i'm gonna you know six moves ahead from here what am i gonna do yeah nice which kind of fits because you talked a lot about you know, like tactical RPGs more than anything else. Yeah, and it systems seems. and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I do like the although Xenoblade is um, more of an active combat system. I yeah. always appreciate the uh, the turn based ones. Yeah, um, so I could just take my time to plan out what my moves would be. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite turn based RPG is uh, Lord of the Rings, the uh, third, third age. The, yeah, the third age. Yeah. That was the one on yep. GameCube, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. It came out like... on Xbox also. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it came out on Xbox and, and probably two. PS2 too. Yeah. But I played it on GameCube, and I think that's the only like turn based RPG game I've ever completed. <laughs> <laughs> I played it on PS2. That was a fun one. That's just because I love Lord of the Rings, so kind of biased. The thing I most remember about that one is that the numbers just got ridiculous. Yeah, like, like all your attacks were consistently doing thirty thousand damage. Yeah. yeah, it got. Yeah, it's true. It started like relatively high, like from the beginning of the game, and then it obviously just went up as you went up. And yeah. well, and there was a lot of areas in that game where you could just sit and grind levels. I did that. I I actually did that one time, in one playthrough because I played through that game two or three times, and I I did that once. Just sat around in you know the areas where they just randomly spawned enemies. Yeah, and just grinded people's moves until basically I hadn't even reached halfway through the game, and I was already at like the top levels. <laughs> I think I grinded a lot before the uh, fight with the uh, what's it called, the Balrog in the Moria, like, yeah. in the Mines of Moria and stuff like that. I think I died, and then I was like, oh, I need to get stronger, so I grinded a bunch and then kicked his butt. <laughs> That is, a, that is a fun thing about RPGs is like you you jump into something like that you know a tactical RPGs like that and you you get 
to this fight and you're like, oh, I can't beat this guy. So you go back and you just grind and get up to a level and you step back into the fight and you just blow them out of the water and you're like, oh, that's such a satisfying feeling. Yeah. You destroyed the people who just whipped you so easily before. Yeah, exactly. Like, you just feel so much more powerful. Like, it's like watching a real life or like a video game version of Dragon Ball Z fights. Like, oh, you beat me, but now I'm more powerful and I can beat you. <laughs> like you're going to healing tank for like three episodes and then come back and are super strong. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's that in just a video game form without pointy hair. Well, I shouldn't say There's that. There's usually so pointy games. hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh gosh. Brad, just to kind of wrap this this talk up, what is your all-time favorite RPG? Uh, it would have to be Final Fantasy Tactics Advance uh, for the Game Boy Advance. That's the one you put like 300, 400 hours into? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I did multiple playthroughs, each of which took me like 100, 150 hours. Okay. Um, I played that a lot growing up. Uh, but that... Again, an engaging story. Uh, that one had a more interesting combat system. You could take up to six people, I want to say, into their their battles. Wow. Um, there were several different races, and each race had access to different classes. Uh, and you could mix and match class abilities um, to pull off some crazy combos. So there's a lot of depth. Yeah. And what kept you coming back? Like, obviously, story is a big part, and I know in a lot of the Final Fantasy or the Fire, you know, tactic games and stuff, they changed the story based off of you know how you ended it. What kept you coming back to this game in particular? Yeah, um, mostly just the 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 different like um, class combinations that I could try. Oh okay, yeah. Uh, because, you know, once I got the story, you know, I knew it was coming. I knew what was coming, but mm. the the way the, the combat took place um, is just very engaging to me. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. Rob, what's your favorite RPG of all time? I was trying to think of this one also because I was like, oh, I bet we're going to ask everyone this one. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like there's different RPGs that I have really enjoyed at different times in my life. Uh-huh. Uh and I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, some fine lines you could draw, like Assassin's Creed, you might be able to put it into an RPG category or something like that, but... Especially Origins. Origins yeah, is much more RPG than any other. Origins is very RPG. Um, but I'm going to go with Dragon Age Origins. It was probably... I don't know what it was about that game. I played through it several times. I kept coming back to it. I tried all the different races and different classes, and, you know, you try, like... Even, you know, you could play it as different genders even, and the interactions you had were even different. Like, sometimes people would look down on you if you're a girl, or sometimes if you're a guy, people would be too intimidated by you and they wouldn't talk to you. Like, just the different story aspects of that game were just so much fun, as well as the combat was very satisfying. It was a very fun combat, and it felt really good to just, again, do that kind of get brutalized go get stronger, come back, and brutalize. Yeah. Sweet. All right, Dragon Age Origins. That's the first one, right? Yeah, that is the first one. Okay, cool. You, you Nathan, um, do you have a favorite RPG? Besides Breath of the Wild? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Did we ever decide that? I don't know. I think Jeff decided that it's not an RPG, but I was talking to Brad. Brad thinks it's an RPG. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, probably, I have to, this is kind of a cop-out answer, but Skyrim is definitely up there for me. Like, I've mm-hmm. put a ton of time into that. I bought that game twice. I almost bought it three times. Um, And I've put a ton of time into just the different kind of classes you can play as the different characters and how you can build yourself in any one of so many directions um really you know and the fact that they made it a lot easier for people who aren't super into rpgs to get into and play like it was much less obtuse than uh either uh what was the fourth one morrowind or morrowind uh, oblivion. Or, yeah or oblivion, oblivion exactly yeah i played yeah. oblivion for a little bit um and i enjoyed it but i kind of stopped because i think it was a little too obtuse for me and skyrim was you know, a lot of yeah. people say they kind of destroyed it because they made it too easy or too casual. Um, but I know I put a lot of time into it because of those changes. So, did you do a lot of mods for that one? Um, or have you I have. I haven't. I on PS4 you can do like some mods and stuff like that. Like there's light modding, um, but yeah. there are some cool ones I've messed around with and stuff like that. Like there's a couple different, basically Star Wars ones that I've played with that are really fun and some other stuff so nice yeah cool well thank you guys that uh this is gonna wrap up our segment on pc games and rpgs and all that fun stuff um and we're gonna finish this week with like we always do with uh what we've been playing so rob i'm really curious i see this game on your list so tell us what you've been playing this week all right so i played uh a little bit of bioshock infinite uh again playing the second episode of the dlc that they have burial at sea um and it basically starts off on like a mind twist like crazy thing and my i like was sitting there just playing it the other night and i couldn't take my eyes off of the screen it was just so engrossing like what the heck is happening it's super cool so if you ever played bioshock i really encourage you play through the burial at sea dlc uh it is it is super cool it's a lot of fun it's really interesting you'll love it uh do you know how much that is I picked it up on sale because I don't like to buy games full price. But I think it's about $10, 10 or $15 on Steam right now. Um, Is that for but, just the DLC? Yeah, but okay. that's... But it, I think it you... Steam is one of those things where it always is going on sale. So I, I think you can find it for way cheaper on a very regular basis. Okay. Um. And then I also played a little bit of Assassin's Creed Origins, like I mentioned earlier, uh, just kind of getting back into it. I think I, I realized something that, you know, I played uh, Horizon Zero Dawn for like 80 hours or something, 60 or 80 hours yeah. between the main game and the DLC. And so I think I was a little RPG'd out for a moment. I needed to like take a little bit of a breath of fresh air. So I, I stepped into some of my indie games I had on Steam, kind of working through the library and stepped into Bioshock Infinite and... Just today, I was like, I'm going to get back into it. I'm going to get into Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm going to do this because it's super cool. I love the world. It's super fun. And just, you know, going from one giant RPG to another giant RPG is just sometimes really challenging. Yeah, especially if they're yeah. huge open worlds with, like, tons of different quests and activities to complete and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm i getting back into it. I'm going to get keep going on that one. 
I might beat it by next year. I guarantee if they don't release a new one this year, I'll I'll beat it by the time they release the next one. <laughs> cool. Um, and then the last game that I've been playing, I'm I'm sure this is the one that you're really curious about, Nathan. Yes. It's called Bot and Botnicola. I mentioned it last week, I think. Okay. It's by the same developers of like uh, Machinerama or Machinerum. Okay. Uh, I don't think and I played that. It's basically a point and click type game. It's really short. I think it's only about three hours long or so, and I think I'm about an hour and a half into it or so. So you're like halfway. Uh, about halfway. I might be a little further than halfway just because I kind of work through one of the puzzles a lot faster than I think some people tend to. Basically, it's just super gorgeous atmosphere, lots of really kind of beautiful music playing. Uh, the art style is really unique. It's very, it's a, like a 2D type side scroller type game okay but you're clicking to go to different locations you're all these different like insects and things and plants and all it it has stuff to do with plants like the botanicula like it sounds like a plant explorer game or something like that yeah yeah and the whole game is set on a giant tree okay so you're actually just crawling around on this tree um and just you know trying to get from place to place and beats uh there's like this dark spider like enemy that keeps coming into the world and you have to avoid you can't really defeat them you're not really yeah. it's not really a fighting one at all and it's super atmospheric it's really refreshing just kind of fun to play through it's super easy to play it's all you need is a mouse those are nice so I'm really I'm really enjoying it. I actually didn't think I would enjoy it that much. You know, I kind of saw the title of it. I was like, oh, this is going to be super stupid. This will be a 20 minutes and done Steam library game. But, I mean, like I said, I put probably an hour, hour and a half into it and want to keep going because it's just super fun and really relaxing. Sweet. So that's, cool. that's what I've been playing. All right. Brad, what about you? Uh, so about a uh, month ago... I thought to myself, you know, I haven't played Hearthstone in a while, and that's basically all I've been doing for the last month. <laughs> I was just playing tons of Hearthstone. Nice. So you're you're drawn back in? Yes, they they sucked me back in somehow. <laughs> I mean, there's probably been like a lot of updates and card packs and stuff like that. Like, was it really hard get it, kind of getting back into it? Because I feel like, like I've been curious about Hearthstone because um, I do like some of those digital card games and stuff like that from what I've played, but I just feel like it's so overwhelming to, to get into now. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know when they introduced this, um, but they mm-hmm. introduced a, a standard um, mode, Okay. Uh, which is only like the last two years of, of cards and then the, the very first set of cards. Um, so okay. you don't have to play against people who have been building collection a collection for years okay you just have to play against the the basic cards and then just the most recent ones okay so it's a little bit easier for people who you know haven't built their decks out for five years or whatever and have all the best cards yeah and and they do a lot to help you they have um tutorials to teach you and ease you into the game okay Uh, they give you plenty of packs to begin with um, and there's even like deck recipes, so they can give you like an out a good outline of a deck. Okay. And do you mostly play on your PC, or do you play like on a tablet, or? 
Uh, I've actually uh, started playing it quite a bit on my tablet. Okay. Um, just so I don't have to. I get, if I come home and sit down on my couch, it's much, much like, easier. You know, yeah. When I when I was a student, and just played on my computer. It's like I don't want to like get up from my couch and walk over to my computer. Yeah. So especially been, since you tablet. probably are. You're probably sitting on your couch, and about the time you want to play Hearthstone is when your Switch runs out of batteries and the charger's on the other side of the room. So might as well just play Hearthstone on your tablet, right? No, because <laughs> my wife has been playing Xenoblade, so oh, that's so probably why I haven't gotten to, to Mario to Rabbids, because my wife has taken over the Switch. I can, I can understand that. Although my wife has taken over my PS4 lately. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And what else have you been playing, Brad? Uh, the other game I'm playing is uh, Civilization VI. Uh, they just came out with the Rise and Fall DLC. Uh, yeah. So so that got me back into it. Are you in? Uh, are you enjoying that? Yeah, it's. I was a little salty that it wasn't included in the uh, digital deluxe version that I bought. You know. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's. Um, but I caved and, and got it anyway. Okay. Uh, and they changed a lot of things, and um, there's. Lots of new civilizations to to try out. Mm-hmm. What's um, your What's your favorite new civilization? the The one that I'm playing right now is is actually from Rise and Fall. Is one of the ones released um, in the interim um, from the initial release date to Rise and Fall. Um, mm-hmm. But it's uh, Nubia, uh, mm. and they can they have a the main thing I like about them is that they have bonus production to their to building districts. Uh, which is a very important thing in this game, is planning out your districts and building them in the right places. Um, because if you don't have districts, your city isn't going to be able to do anything. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, Civilization, that's like one of the few things that I'm like, I wish I had a PC to play on, because i played a little bit of those games, and I have really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. I, I kind of got stuck in an odd predicament with civilization because about when civilization was super popular i was into age of empires and it was hard to switch over from age of empires 2 to civilization because they're just such different uh rts systems yeah like the way they work yeah and so i ended up just sticking with age of empires but i have a lot of the civilization games in my steam library they're kind of like I sit, I sit there and go, wow, I really should play these. I, I played three a lot, but I haven't played much since. So yeah, it's kind of a, I would love to get back into civilization as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know you love, uh, what's it called now? I can't remember. Age of Empires. Age of Empires. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I'm breaking. Cool. Well, I've been playing, I haven't played a lot new this week. Um, I've been playing a lot of NBA 2K18 on my Switch um been playing a lot of franchise mode on there i tried to uh basically set up myself up for the task of trying to take like a really bad team and make them into a good contender team so i'm on the third year of the hawks and i've been simming almost everything and this year they're a really bad team they're like i think they have 18 wins this year they have like 45 losses and in my third year right now i'm uh i think i'm like 25 and 10 and I have three, like, young players who are all, like, 85-plus, so I feel pretty good. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. But I've been Brad, like... did any of those name- numbers make any sense to you? 
Nope. If if I had the video <laughs> cam right now, you would have just seen me smiling and nodding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But see, that's like the one thing. Like, if I could get you to play any kind of sports game, Brad, I feel like like simulation mode is the one thing I could maybe get you into because it's all just like looking at numbers and trying to decide like this is what this needs to do and stuff like that. So it might be a little bit very, more very RPG. Yeah. Very like RPG systems yeah. heavy sports. People like to deny that they're, you know, nerds and RPG and all this stuff. But in reality, I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all those analysts that. and statisticians and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the other thing I've been playing is a uh, shadow of the Colossus, the remaster. Um, I'm borrowing it from Jeff right now, actually, because he's on vacation, which is why isn't he on the show tonight? Um, but I played the first two Colossi of that, and, uh, that's been pretty cool. The game is really, really beautiful, but, like, I don't know, I never played it originally, so the controls are just kind of really frustrating. Like, (laughs) I was playing it yesterday, and I kept falling off, and I couldn't understand why, and my wife is like, Nathan, you're an idiot. The energy, like, your energy meter is blinking, that means it's low, that's why you keep falling off. I'm like, oh, Okay, thanks. <laughs> so, but it Shouldn't is a really you know pretty that game from Zelda. I mean, yeah. didn't both Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild have energy bars? Yeah, but I was just you know trying to get to the top of this monster. I didn't think that little blinking yellow circle meant anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man. Well, now you know. Yes. Now All you right. know. Now, exactly. now you're better for it. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Rob. And thanks, Brad, for joining us on the show tonight. Yeah, um, it was my pleasure. Brad, is there anywhere we can follow you on Twitter? Do you tweet out any interesting things or anything like that? Uh, uh, my t- Twitter handle is at uh, ProfBradP. Okay. But I don't, I mostly use that for retweeting comics that I find hilarious and following other people. Awesome. All right. Well, if you're looking and, for fun And retweeting comments, us, right? Yeah. And yes. retweeting us. Our Twitter is at uh, HeyListen underscore games. Go check that out. Um, we've been talking to you a lot on there. And we're going to leave you tonight with the Pillars of Eternity uh, main theme in honor of talking about RPGs and PC games. We will see you next week. All right. See you guys. See ya.